Hi there, this is Chris of Ahab, and you're listening to Third Eye Cinema. Good evening. Sorry, um, the guy had some more questions than my promoter thought, so <laughs> I'm a bit late. That's okay. You're here. That's the important part. So, how are you doing? I spoke to you, geez, 10 years ago almost when The Giant came out. Whoa, yeah. That that was must be almost eleven years already. So, <laughs> Time yeah, flies. I mean, I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm just uh, back from a show in uh, the mid of Germany and just arrived back an hour ago. And so you're looking yeah. good. I see you grew out a beard <laughs> in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> so uh, I guess we can get started. Sure. <laughs> talking to a modern-day doom metal giant. Originally working in a very different band and genre, Christian Hector and Daniel Drosta ventured off into the rarefied world of funeral doom and transformed it into something all their own. With a focus on late 19th century wailing and nautical literature, particularly those tomes of a darker bent, they quickly drifted beyond the expected borders of the subgenre's sound and focus with their third clean-vocaled and far more progressively inclined album, 2012's The Giant, which so impressed us that we had Chris on the show to discuss its many merits. But after a well-received follow-up with 2015's Boats of Glen Carrig, there was a decidedly long silence that left fans wondering if they'd gone the way of far too many other doom bands of note until now. So, ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming back to the show after many a year, Christian Hector of Ahab. In the immortal words of Joel Gray, Vilkaman, bienvenue, welcome. <laughs> Hello. So, you and Daniel left Liv Christine's little sister Carmen's gothic symphonic band Midnight Soul, somewhere between Nordless and Metamorphosis Melody, to go in a very different direction with your own Ahab. At first, it seemed more like a limited-scope side project, being both very template funeral doom, if not death doom, and focused on Melville's Moby Dick. And even on your second album, Divinity of Oceans, where you based it on Melville's inspiration, the Donner Party-esque cannibalism to wreck of the Essex. But when I had you on the podcast back in 2012, you managed to not only expand focus, but do a complete shift and upgrade in style to something far more progressive. Clean vocals, guitars, a sound that, while not unfamiliar to fans of the earlier albums, represented a significant upgrade in quality and replay value, namely the Edgar Allan Poe-inspired The Giant, which is actually still my favorite album of yours to this day, and a true doom metal classic. I reference it often as a guidepost to the genre, and not just in terms of the more limited funeral doom corner thereof. At this point, you were very dependably releasing albums every three years, with the subsequent Boats of the Glen Carrig retaining the Fond de Sleek literary focus, this time based on William Hope Hodgson's novel of that name. 
but then you seem to drop off the face of the earth for all intents and purposes, waiting a full eight years for the follow-up. So what happened behind the scenes outside of the obvious with COVID and all this political turmoil with Putin and the global rise of fascist white power groups infiltrating governments and associated domestic terrorism everywhere? Obviously, Germany's had its fair share of this bullshit to deal with of late. What was going on with you? Well, actually... Um... Well, life happened. Um, I mean, when we had, um, I think, the boats of the Grand Carrick out, uh, we had one child in the band, and now we have six childs in the band. So, wow. so we're um, we all have family now, and mm-hmm. um, thing is, um, the time got less and less, and um, we wanted to play live still, and then you have to rehearse for for live gigs and yeah. We we just didn't have time, so that that's most of the story. I mean, of course, in the meantime, we had some ideas and we we started uh, some attempts to record a new album, but but then um, we just didn't find the right novel for it. And yeah, I, I think it took four years or something when when we reread uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and yeah that's that's what happened so no, nothing special so this time as you mentioned you've expanded your adaptation sourcing a tad in that it's no longer about just sea voyages and whaling per se and return to more obvious targets in that you're tapping the Moby Dick level popular English class standby Jules Verne and his 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea so where are you going next James Fenimore Cooper Robert Louis Stevenson or do books like Kidnap veer a little too close to Ailstorm territory probably uh, Douglas Adams or something like that <laughs> <laughs> We don't know yet. I mean, we have some ideas already, but um, the the one idea we have is, is uh, something very different. But we we don't we can't tell anything about that yet because we didn't decide yet what to do next. I mean, we have uh, eight years ahead until the next. <laughs> well, hopefully not. <laughs> I actually saw that you had started or are starting a new combo with a female singer doing. You say it's sort of a uh, doom synthwave sort of a thing. It sounds like something that would come off of, who's that label? Not Nordless. Prophecy. Prophecy Productions. Oh, really? So yeah. is that intentional? Where are you going with that? Um, it was, I'm, I'm not sure if when we're going to do more stuff because um, the last two years were just so filled with Ahab then. And um, this year is going to... Yeah, maybe I, I have some time this year because um, I, I really want to do some more in in that vein and um I'm, i actually don't know where where this gonna go it's just it was just for fun and um of course i, I want to stick to it and i want to do more with it but uh i don't have any clue where where this is gonna go in. i mean sometimes I, the best stuff happens that way <laughs> yeah yeah of course i mean i, I really like the the two songs which are totally different from Ahab and um yeah but yeah I mean you always need need time to do to do something like that and um I think now the as as the the album is released I think I'm I'm gonna have a bit more time and probably um I'm gonna write some more music for Silurian as well so you've settled down into domesticity now as a uh I, I guess I'm I'm gonna say new dad but eight years is a long time so. <laughs> yeah sure 
So. so what inspired you guys to take this very particular approach with Ahab, as in focusing on turn-of-the-century nautical fiction exclusively and adorning at least your first two albums with vintage artwork to boot? I mean, I don't imagine any of you guys were whalers. Was there any naval background among you? or? Well, um, I mean, the, the first album just just happened. Um, it, it was something I, um, back then I, I just read Moby Dick and um, on the other hand I, I wanted to start a funeral doom band and in my head it just clicked together and um, that's when it happened and, and when when I was aware for me that that could be a good idea I, I developed the whole concept of, of Ahab and um, then of course talked with Daniel as well and then it took off and um, of course when, when you have a, a concept like this and you're called Ahab and um, we, we just wanted to stick kind of to that and um, other than that um, we, we just I mean nowadays I think it doesn't matter when the book is written actually it just uh, has to to tell us something when when we read it and I think that actually that that's that's a coincidence yeah so going all the way back to Midnight Soul, you had left before Daniel and I know that you guys had kind of both went off and did this funeral doom thing how did that impact things was that a rough start for you guys considering that he was still playing with the other band as well for another album no not at all i mean daniel and me are our friends uh, ever since our first band penetradia and it was okay I, um back then uh, carmen changed the way of her singing and and i just didn't like that uh, and i was a bit disappointed of the second album mm-hmm. um, i mean music wise it was cool for me but i just didn't like uh the singing anymore and i um yeah it, it just went in 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 a direction i, I just couldn't uh couldn't join and uh, that's that's why i went and um well daniel he, he, was, he was was totally fine that he stayed there and we still had ahab and okay yeah I have to say, while you always include some harsh death metal growls as a bit of, I guess, a concession to fans of your earlier work and or punctuation, I was shocked at the cold open of the album on Professor Aranax. I mean, those are very clearly black death snarls and frantic blast beats, not something anyone was expecting on an Ahab album, if not in Doom per se. So where did that come from? Well, um, I mean, it's it's a good way to say hello after eight years, I think, and um, yeah. it worked. And, of course, um, if you do... If you interpret uh, novels, um, you, you, you just have to incorporate what, what that story tells you. And um, other than that, uh, I mean, uh, we always wanted to do some blast beats on, on an album because we're also uh, big fans of disembowelment um, of early 90s. And so that, that was a wish we never dared to do. Mm-hmm. But all that in our minds, and this time we we just thought, well, why not? Yeah, sure. And it it fitted perfectly the the story. I mean, it's it's about when Aronax and and his uh, concierge go overboard and are whirling in 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 the water and mm-hmm. going over, and it just fitted so well. Yeah, and it is a nice. It's very surprising as a first thing you put in. They have rock like, whoa, what? <laughs> Did I put the wrong CD in? <laughs> Yeah. You've also managed something that isn't often seen in metal, which is maintaining almost the entire same lineup for all these years. Are you guys all close outside the band, or is it just that you seem to be taking things more slowly, almost like it's done in your spare time, or so I would have to assume given the length of time between album releases? 
Yeah, I mean, I think for for us is uh, first of all we're friends since since years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, um, I think recently I had uh, my twenty fifth stage anniversary with Daniel, mm-hmm. and um, the other guys are friends for for years as well, and. It's just, I mean, it's it's more or less family. We 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 have this uh, gathering once once a year with all our friends. Uh, we sometimes share uh, our holidays, our family's holidays, and mm-hmm. that is the godfather of my son, for example. So it's it's just family, and um, nice. you you never let family down. Yeah. And, that's a nice thing. It's actually very rare, like I said, so good to hear that. Yeah. Well, it's also good to report that the quality really remains on a constant keel from album to album. Any preferences aside, it's not like there are any huge variations in style and approach or any albums that really stand out as lesser than the rest. You know, if you liked Ahab in 2006, much less since 2012 and The Giant, like I have, you'll like the Coral Tombs just as much. So is it really just being this close-knit group that there's no real major changes? Well, I, d- I don't know. I mean, um, there there are... Quite some people who say the first album is the best album, and ever since we never did a, a good album. <laughs> there are other people that say um, we're never gonna do a, an album like the Divinity of Oceans. You say the Giant is your favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so it's so weird. And I mean, for us, it's just something that that developed over time. And um, if you're in it, you you just don't get that um that uh differences as, as as much as it's the same if if you're a small kid and your aunt comes over and says oh well you you've grown that much and the kid just thinks have hey, what what she's talking of <laughs> i've been that big yesterday already right, you know right. and that that's a bit of of uh the problem when when you're talking to fans Say why did you do that and why did you do that? Well, it it's it's just it just happens and um, it's just the the taste we had at that moment, and um, so we, we were doing that. And I think that that's that's all. I mean, of course, you you have something in mind for the story of that book. Mm-hmm. Um, you you're thinking of what that particular story needs mm-hmm. music-wise and. Yes, that that's true, but other than that, it's just us as musicians as we're now. Right. So you've also been very consistent in terms of production with Jen Seifert working at least mix and master on every album since The Giant. Is he part of your de facto family? Um, he's, he's a friend as well. I, I don't see him that much, but Jens is... Uh, uh, how can I put it? He, he's a nerd. <laughs> he's an audio nerd. He's a gear nerd. Mm-hmm. And he does things differently than other producers, definitely. And that's what we love about him. And, of course, if you have a, a, a budget like, like we have, you need someone who's into the music because it's always like he he works more than we can pay him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we, we of course, we want to pay him as much as he deserves. Mm-hmm. And uh, we this time we, we really had, um, we took our own money and um, put it in the production as well. Nice. Um, just to have, I mean, you know, we, we have eight years now since the last album. And um, 
if you if you count it in in years, what are I don't know two thousand three thousand euros more if you count it on eight years. And the the album which we record now mm-hmm. is the one that stays forever. So um, that's why why we, we we just put some of our own money in it as well, not only the uh, the money of the of the label. So it's actually one of the more appealing elements of your sound, that crystalline teutonic precision in production, and it seems to be something of a marker of German metal releases per se. Why is this? Ooh, why is that? <laughs> I know, big question. <laughs> I don't have any clue. I mean, um, this time uh, we told Jens that um, we wanted to have the production more raw again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, the boats of the Glen Carrick were very good production. It was a very Polished. warm production, but it should be a bit more harsher again mm-hmm. and, um, that's why we we recorded um six guitar tracks actually mm-hmm. uh, so three for each guitar and um we used um quite some dirty amps this time i mean we used also the amps we used on uh, the giant as well mm-hmm. but this time we also had like this very small amps um which were all on 11 and we put some weird extreme pedals in front of them like the the famous hm2 or going for that entombed sound <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and and we added these dirt tracks to the main track and that's what may make it make makes the guitar sound so more raw than the last time and i really like that I also see you released a video for Mobilis and Mobili, but a quick opening scene aside with the boats in the ocean, it's really just black and white concert footage. It seems a bit low key, no? Yeah, I mean uh, that that was the we we have uh, the first video we we did was some from stock video material, mm-hmm. um, the lyric video which which I did. For the second one, we um, paid quite some money uh, because we wanted to have stop motion video. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the the main video for this album, yeah. and the third one actually is a live live video. Yes, yeah, that's the one I saw. So, what are your plans now? Are you going to be touring this album? Yeah, I mean, we're going to play some shows this year. Um, I mean, we, we we do not have that much time, but uh, I think. We're going to play Stuttgart in Germany in March, for example. You're not playing one of the beer halls, are you? <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> I know Stuttgart's famous for that. <laughs> well, but there's beer anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to play another church in uh, Italy, uh, mm-hmm. which is played a church this weekend. Mm-hmm. And we're going to play Summer Breeze in uh, summer. Then mm-hmm. there's some festival in the UK which I can't announce yet. Okay. Yeah, we have some 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 festivals and for 2024 uh, some surprise as well. Okay. It's our 20th anniversary next year actually. Yeah. Well, I hope we don't have to wait another near decade for the next album. <laughs> same here, yes. <laughs> and it was a pleasure to talk to you after all this time. I'm glad to see you're looking well. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Good luck, and uh, looking forward to the next one. I hope I'm still around to hear it. (laughs) Take care.
Take care, mate. Bye. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Tune into Third Eye Cinema, your source for in-depth discussion of cult cinema with a focus on film that matters. Cult, grindhouse, drive-in, independent, and underground film from the dawn of the talkies through the early 90s. This is a forum where we explore genre film and music from around the world, in-depth conversation and career analysis with directors, actors, and musicians, and open discussion on films that matter, those that fall outside the mainstream corporate film by boardroom committee. These are the problems of the auteur, the visionary, the dreamer, the outsider. None of that direct that passes for mainstream film these days. This is all about the glory days of independent cinema from all over the world. Any of the hotbeds of obscure, oddball, or generally wild cinema available on DVD from the dawn of the medium to this very day. Join us as we delve deep into the cinematic netherworld here on Third Eye Cinema. Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Big Papa Online Network on Blog Talk Radio. What is At Eye Level? A reductio ad absurd and look at the headlines politics to pop culture, from the corporate to the individual. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, we take a not-so-serious look at the serious issues of the day. Whether it's politics, economics, social issues, music, or old movies and TV shows, we discuss everything the corporate media overlooks while making you laugh at the absurdity of it all. Hell, you've got to have a sense of humor about life. 
Just look at the headlines. So join me, Matt G. And me, Doc Savage. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern as we navigate the sea of trolls, talking points, and trickery. And try to figure out a way to be there when tomorrow comes. At eye level, bringing more to you. Only on the Big Papa Network, on Blog Talk Radio. Join us on Tuesday nights at 6.30 Eastern for an exploration of the many roads and methods which promise to lead us to the ultimate answer, a higher purpose, the meaning of life. I'm just like a lot of you, a middle-aged mom with piles of laundry and a meditation practice. I've been down many roads to get where I am today, and my journey is far from finished. But I'd like to share my experience and hard-earned wisdom with you. So what is it about women and spirituality? It seems like we're always the first to try out something new. Christianity was spread in large part by wealthy women. And where would Uncle Al be without his scarlet women? Who is by and far the largest audience of New Age alternative spirituality? What is it about us that always has us seeking? And why does it always seem that men tend to take over what we discover? Join us for a dialogue between two long-lost friends representing both the yin and yang aspects of the whole, each of whom have traveled multifarious paths all across the spectrum of spirituality, the dark side and the light, from the organized to the out of the way. This show is for all those frustrated in their quest who've been through various stops on the spectrum of spirituality and found them ultimately unfulfilling. Join us for some hard-earned lessons and thoughts on potential new directions and possible value in what inevitably fails in organized practice, but which may have some merit to the solo practitioner and fellow seekers of truth in this journey towards life. Moving towards life. Lessons in life and spirituality from unconventional seeker. Bringing more to you only here on the Big Papa Online Network. On Blog Talk Radio. Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Join us for Weird Scenes Inside the Gold Mine, your essential guide to all things wild and wonderful in the world of cult entertainment. Drop in for a spell with Doc Savage, Lois Paul, myself. Discuss the beloved, the comedian, the weird, and the wonderful world of cult films, music, television, and more. We'll be covering classic films, shows, musicians, and literature of the past, with an eye towards what new visions may still arise from the soullessly derivative mire of our modern age. Tune in turn on and take a step outside the mainstream as we dig deep into the rich vein of cult cinema, music, and television right here on Weird Seats Inside the Gold Mine. Only here on the Big Papa Online Network on Blog Talk Radio. Okay, so something like, hi there's Chris of Ahab and you're listening to the High Cinema. Yes, exactly. Okay. I think I can do that without... Okay. Hi there, this is Chris of Ahab, and you're listening to Third Eye Cinema. Sounds good. Perfect. Unless you want to throw in something about the oceans or <laughs> whaling or whatever at the end. No, no, that's, that's fine. That, okay. That's your part of the job. Okay, good enough. <laughs> well, thank you.